Are you tired of people only telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the last 30 years, I've been blessed to speak to thousands of people around the world and share the stage with some of the world's biggest thought leaders. The Get Real podcast is my way of breaking down the BS of the filters of what we say and what we do. Real life, real issues, real solutions. Trust me when I tell you, it wasn't always like that for me. And I'm excited to help you through sharing what has worked for me, but most importantly, what didn't work for me. In the world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, what is real? In my life, I always look to people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to be real with me to help me move through it. With this podcast, I want to be that person for you. Whether it's just us or I bring in one of my friends, I promise these episodes will make a difference in your life. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. And now it's time to get into the podcast. Here's Lauren. Everyone, welcome to Get Real and Stay True. Lauren Lahav here. Very excited about today's podcast that we're doing because I was in New York a couple weeks ago with my friend Heidi and we were talking about your subconscious mind. She goes, oh my gosh, Lauren, you have to read this book and you have to meet this amazing woman. And she goes, she's actually there in Las Vegas where you are. And I cannot believe, Kimberly, we have not met. It's crazy. So a little bit about Kimberly Freemutter. She is a world-renowned board-certified hypnotherapist and she works with Hollywood's best-known luminaries, titans in the industries and leaders from around the globe. And she's beautiful. You can't see her, but I will tell you this. She is, I mean, she has got this light just looking at you. I'm like, oh my gosh, her energy is magnetic. And I love your story. We're just talking about being from the South. I'm from the South as well. I'm from North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina. And I know you said you were from Texas. We'll hear a little bit more about it. But welcome to Get Real and Stay True. And I think what's really exciting about you is that's really what you're trying to help people do is get real of where they're at and where they want to go. So tell us a little bit. I would love to know a little bit of how you got into this. I know from reading the book, but I'd love to know and our audience would love to know a little bit of how you got into this. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I had a radio talk show in Los Angeles for many years. And in that, I was just literally doing some uh, continuing education. And I thought it would be really neat to know what was going on to have hypnosis be like a thing. And I was interested in it because I had been hypnotized in the past for stage fright and certainly couldn't even have gotten the radio show without, you know, with having that issue and without eliminating it. So, you know, there's always things in life that are these hitches. And luckily I was, I was raised on one hand to believe that everything had to be hard, which is absolutely not the truth. Sorry, mom, sorry, dad, but (laughs) I discovered an easier way. And then the second thing is that you can also fix things and don't be afraid to go and do that. And so with that kind of fix it and curiosity, um, just hardwired into my, my, drive system, I decided to look into hypnosis and behind the scenes of hypnosis, which then led me to become a practitioner because I thought, you know, this is the greatest thing going. This is like, we all have a a brain. You know, I say, if you have a brain, you're in the game and how wonderful that we can utilize our own mind because newsflash, everyone else is utilizing your mind (laughs) 
for you and for them. And so to hold on to your own agency and your own ecology, how great that you can learn to work your own mechanism. You know, I liken the book to a manual as opposed to really a book in that if I were to come over to your office, Lauren, and say, you know, I'm popping this great piece of machinery, the most fantastic state-of-the-art machinery that just so you know, science can't duplicate on your desk. And here's the manual, how to plug it in and use it for your own ecology and to amplify your life, make it great. Wouldn't you want that manual? And so here we have this mechanism and this machinery, but often don't use it for our higher good. And so the whole purpose in this book, you know, I didn't seek out to read a book uh, or actually to write a book, definitely read one, but not to write one. And they called me and said, you know, would you be interested in doing this? And I said, only if, because I have a lot of really busy friends like yourself, only if we're giving women one less thing to do, a thousand less things to do, not one more thing to do. I couldn't bear it. I said, yeah, I can't, I can't give it to somebody and say, here, read this. I need you to do this. I need it to be that efficient for someone to read so that they can use their own mind for the rest of their life. What I, I love about it is there's so many exercises, like especially, um, I think it's in one of the latter chapters that you were talking about the drought. Yeah. Um, talking about the drought and, you know, being off your game. And I think sometimes so many people feel like they're, they're off their game. They're like, what do I do? You know, you talked about the, let me remember, the passing drought, the lingering drought, and the, oh, I'm so excited to remember this. Passing drought, the lingering drought, and the habitual drought. Yeah. What are those things that you can really do to get out of a drought? Um, Goosebumps, you mentioning that, because when I ask people what's their favorite part of the book, they always go to that. And let me just say, it is not a syndrome. It's not a complex. It's kind of the human condition. We all go through it. And that's why I broke it into passing drought, which you'll remember is like bad hair day. I call hair NATO. And, you know, we joke about passing drought. That's the fender bender. You know, you locked your keys in your car, that kind of thing, where you're just, like you said, off your game. And then lingering drought, where it starts to last a little longer. And this might be when you go to your general practitioner and he says, listen, you know, maybe a little antidepressant or something like that. You know, something that could be situational, could be a job loss, a child is sick, something and then habitual drought, we all know those where it's like, you know, you dread to even say the good things happening in your life because you know that you're going to get water poured on your dreams and they're going to fall to the ground like a wet soggy rag, you know, by the time you finish mentioning it to this person. And that's also a very dangerous way to be. So there are uh, remedies for all of these things. And they're right there in your six square inches in your mind. So it's not anything you have to go out and get or buy or sign up for. And I think that's the beautiful thing because I, from what I understand about your mission of, you know, the subconscious power is that so many of us are out of sync, right? And that your job is really to get people back in balance. And I love, 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 love how you talk about the inner eight-year-old. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's a bit about that because I think that is such a great metaphor to explain mm -hmm. everything about our subconscious mind and our conscious mind. Yeah, it was a it was a simple thing that happened at an airport that brought me to this. And, you know, there was a common thread, like you had mentioned before, I have really exceptional clientele, and I've been very blessed in that and have really rose to the occasion of handling them because, you know, bigger life, bigger problems, bigger life, bigger issues, bigger life, bigger everything in that way. However, all the same human condition. And that's to be very clear for people listening, because 
you know, we all have our thing and I say nothing's too big, nothing's too small. You know, a, a bumped pinky toe in the middle of the night hurts as much as brain surgery, you know, <laughs> at that moment, it really does. And so whatever your thing is, is I treat everything as a big thing until we release it and get rid of it. But to your point, I was at the airport and these little girls just slammed together and, and you heard these two little squealing girls scream and hug each other and said, I knew you'd come, you know, in this joy. And the whole terminal was at the end of one of those terminals that telescopes out and it's kind of a circular area. And they, everyone looking at these children were like just mesmerized by it. And we were all in trance and time literally stood still. I'm looking at these little girls and men with their briefcases stopped and dropped the briefcases. Kids with strollers, you know, they're just walking and stopping, looking at this thing because the moment was so powerful. And I thought, wow, I want to feel like that about someone. I want to be back in that space. And that's the space that every client goes when they really state their hopes and dreams. And when they really come from a place of, I can do this, they come back to that. And that's that age. And again, eight, I say eight, but it can be six. It can be 11. It's eight-ish. It's the feeling of eight as opposed to really chronologically eight. But it's so beautiful because if you treat yourself from that position, like how can I maximize my comfort now? You know, an eight-year-old is all about them, right? And they're not PC enough to know not to uh, be transparent and not to be honest. We learn dishonesty and we learn to be opaque to our benefit and sometimes to the benefit of others, like in white lies and things. You know, you ask an eight-year-old the truth and you're going to get it. And so it's a really neat place to harken back to, to get your clarity of who you really are, like that you inside of you. It's so funny. There's two funny things that happened as you were talking about that. I was talking to my son, who's one of my sons, who's now 19, but I said, okay, Quinny, if you ever got lost and you had to like describe what mommy looked like, you know, what would you say? And he goes, oh, mommy. He goes, that's so easy. He goes, you have black hair with white on the ends and you have splotchy skin and yellow teeth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I better get to the hairdresser, to the dermatologist and the dentist really quick with regards to it. But I loved it. You know, he must've been about seven, I think at the time. He's probably killing me right now for sharing this. But I, I love that because- you know, like <laughs> there's this here, there's this part of me. I just love that authenticity about him. And um, oh, that's funny. Well, clearly you rectified it because you look crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but my, and then though you're talking about the 11 year old, and it's interesting. I I just had this feeling inside me as well of seeing my daughter with her little her girl group. Right, she's 12. And so I see them when they get together and they just rush towards each other and they pick each other up, right? And that energy. And like you said, that trance state, I think people have got some misinterpretations about a couple of things. Yes. One, about trance, because trance is a beautiful, natural state. And I know you talk about that in the book, but about times that, and then there are trances, like you can go into, you know, a trance, like scrolling your iPhone. But how to use that trance, right? How to use trance in a way that helps you grow or happen, right? Like, could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So trance, it's funny because, you know, when you say hypnosis and trance and hypnotist and all this, sometimes because of Hollywood, you think of, you know, that film Get Out and you think of all these different things. 
still refuse to see because I don't want it to skew my own opinion of what I do. But it's just funny because, you know, cloaked person with a swinging watch. And really trance is a natural state that we're in all of the time. In fact, sleep is trance. When you go to a concert and you're enjoying your favorite entertainer and you all have your phone on flame and, you know, you're waving your arms or you're singing along with that person and then they hit that note and you get chills. That's all trance. It's a funny thing, too. Uh, when I moved to Seattle, I had moved from sunny Southern California. And so I didn't think of the fact of why was everyone driving so slow on the freeways? And it's the trance of the metronomic beat of the windshield wipers. So something that simple. And then, of course, flashing images, like you mentioned, on your device or uh, sounds. All of those things are trance. And the reason it's so easy to stare at a fire pit and get lost in the flames dancing or the refrigerator and you forget why you went in there like what was I hungry for right all of these moments are moments very similar to daydreaming like what Johnny does and the teacher taps on the blackboard and she says get back in the room no 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 let him do because what's happening is he's channeling he's getting information he's emitting energy out he's in communication with the universe and that's where we want to be it feels so good because it's natural it feels so good you know if you think about us as human beings actually any being with a heartbeat um, i'm not aware of anything that doesn't go into sleep patterns um, so if there is something and you think about it you know forgive me <laughs> But speaking of humans, you know, it's funny if you think about us, like if you looked at us, not necessarily as what we do habitually, but that these creatures, i.e. humans, walk around upright during the day, bipedal, and then all of a sudden there comes a time of day where we start to slowly fade, get horizontal, and we go into trance. I mean, that's pretty wild and kind of interesting. And so... That moment as you're just entering sleep and that moment as you're just entering your wake period, that's that floaty, beautiful, wonderful period. And it's very easy to induce trance. You just simply lull that consciousness away from interest. So you're, you know, sound a little boring, sound a little, you know, monotone, sound a little thing, kind of like when you count sheep at night to go back to sleep or whatever your mode is. It's that. And it feels good because it's right. And so when you can't feel your body, I actually, for my own practice, use an ergonomic uh, zero gravity chair so that you can't feel your body. So your head is lower and your legs are higher. Um, not everybody has one of those, but it's the same feeling when they put a pillow under your knees and, you know, you're just in that spot where you can't feel your body. It's really beautiful. And it's meant to be that way. Similar to meditation, the differences and people often ask is that with meditation, you're actually pushing thought away and focusing on your breath. And this, we're letting it all just roll and cut. Right. Oh, I love it. Uh, can my trance be when I go in the bathtub? Because I feel like that's what it is for me. You better believe it. And there's a womb aspect to the tub and water. And, and just as a little side note, when you're having important conversations with your mate, have them in warm water. Because there's nothing connecting the two of you if you're sitting across from one another. I have a lot of clients that have sensitive, you know, conversations as we all need to do sometimes and bring up some things that could be, you know, feel hurtful or if they're not taken in the right way. So anything that's sensitive or delicate and requires extra care, do that in warm water because you're connected, you're vulnerable, you're naked, you know, there's space for both of you. It's really a special, that's one of my, my little secret tips. That's so crazy. Because I do that. Well, first of all, I take a bath every night when I, and that's why all these new hotels without bathtubs. I'm like, where do I go? What do I do? Right? And I've had to find other ways, you know, because that's usually what gets me 
to go to sleep, but just to wind down. That's um, but it's funny because that's exactly what I do. I sit, I sit there in the bathtub and I have them I say, hey, come talk to me when I have to talk about something. Good. <laughs> and actually, I was obviously doing it, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Story, you're pretty, there's one, another story that I really love that I think people can relate to. Um, you know, you are, you're, you and I are both from the South, but you've got, you've got the height. Um, I don't. Lots of people come and they see me and they go, gosh, I thought you were a lot taller than you are. And I'm pushing. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, you're the beautiful petite blonde I always wanted to be. <laughs> and you've got the legs. And the, um, so we, but you were talking about something, no matter what our height, but I think as women, lots of times we feel that we're kind of this inner gen, the, that you had to let go of that inner general, that part of you yes. that had to be a part of. Oh, that strength and that power and all that, that push. It's so unattractive in women. And it's, uh, it's interesting because sometimes, you know, the smaller and blonder you are, um, you know, the more you feel like you have to do it. And then the taller and more brunette you are, and I'm going, of course, on stereotypes, um, or as some people say, you know, big, I think, tall, <laughs> tall is different than big, but that, that, you know, forcefulness and that feeling of bigness, and it really is a protective, you know, coating and it really is unnecessary and oh so unattractive. And, um, you know, we find ourselves, I do call it going general and it really is not a good look and it's not where our source of power comes from. If we can be comfortable in our femininity and we can be comfortable in the fact that we are women and stop trying to be everything else, we will arrive and you can feel it in your heart and in your bones. You can, you know, when you're there, people respond to us because we are women. People respond to us because we keep our voices, you know, um, appropriate. And by that, I had written an article on, you know, women should never speak with a girly voice. You know, you do see, and sorry to say this about your, your type, the small, blonde, beautiful gal, but oftentimes she feels like she has to go like this. And she has to kind of double up on that smallness and femininity and beauty with the voice. And it's actually less compelling than if you speak like you do that, and that's why they think you're taller because you come from this place of confidence and you're not, you're not putting a double play on your look, right? Put a double play on your look, that vibration starts to vibrate against itself and it has counterintuitive uh, properties to it. Uh, we don't need you to be more blonde and more cute and more petite than you already are. So, and it comes across from an animal to animal um, place of inauthentic. And it comes a across as a try too hard. And I don't think there's a woman on the planet that ever wants to be seen as inauthentic and trying too hard. It's kind of like our nightmare, right? Yeah. So that placement, that hmm, 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 that's how you get there. Before, when I had the radio show, before every broadcast, I would just get placed. My co-host looked much like yourself, beautiful, blonde, petite lady. And we both just went, hmm, hmm, hmm. And then we'd start with, you're welcome to the heat of the night, Kimberly Francine in the heat, you know, whatever, 97.1 KLSX Los Angeles. And you start from this place of real. And when you get real with your husband and you get real with your lover and you get real with your children and you get real with your life, that's when you can sound and participate as real. And it's very powerful. That's all the power you need. You don't need Absolutely. to. Absolutely. It's bang. so funny, well, as you, as you see, you know, from, it's, it's time to get real. That's why I said, you know, I was going to just call the show Stay True. And then I'm like, 
No, there's a deeper level of it. Before you can even stay true, you have to get real of what's true. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you yeah. have to do that. And, you know, I love the other part of the book. You talked about uh, playing big and that a lot of people, what playing big really looks like. Um, could you share a little bit about that? Sure. I for hours. I'm just sitting here like, oh my gosh, I have to drive over and come meet you because I feel like I can yeah. talk to you. I can't believe I've never met you. But. I would love that. I would love that. And we were meant to meet now, apparently. So, and good for Heidi. I just adore her. She's talk about get real. <laughs> talk about stay true. She's like, she is the barometer. I mean, she is, she is life in motion of everything that's real. I love her. Um, so, so play big is, and actually she, she has this down. The words play big from the eight-year-old standpoint is the play part of it, not play as in pretend. Play as in be big, be bold, be, go for it. Because I need you to be the best Lauren you can be. You need me to be the best Kimberly I can be. It's just the way it goes. All boats rise in high tide, we know that. On that note, you have so much more capacity than your own conscious being could possibly encompass. When people come to me, the first thing I ask them to do is please write down all hopes and dreams. You want to be an opera singer. You want to be a basketball player. You want to do all of these things. If there's physical limitations that we work around, but the other part of it is what do you want to do? Because I do, you know, I've seen in my practice, many past life regressions occur and so, but I don't know, nobody knows anything about what happens when we leave this space. So while we're here, let's just do the darn best we can and get through comfortably and beautifully and with grace and with a real sense of honor at the end, right? And I say at the end because a lot of my clients are older, more mature, realized people. And, you know, they have a lot to teach. And that play big regret is one of theirs, if any, that they didn't really go for it with now the hindsight that they have. So we can only call to the past and we can only call to those coming up behind us, go for it. Knock yourself out with it because it's such a, you know, if you think of everyone and this has been helpful, you know, sometimes we don't want to approach that person that can really send our dreams over the edge. We just don't want to reach out. We don't feel worthy. We feel like, oh, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to get a no, all those things. It's not the case. You know, my husband is very successful and he's very good at what he does. And he gets reached out to by these young upcoming designers and people who are interested in architecture. He takes every call. He takes every, you know, inquiry, personally handles and is so flattered and is so impressed by the fact that they really had the nerve to reach out. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. And it's been, you know, evidenced over between my clients and ourselves and everyone I've known really that just loves to hear from people who really are looking for mentorship. So on that note, I say, go for it. The preconceived notions are not truths, they're notions. <laughs> so whoever taught you that you can't reach out and ask and do and poke and prod and search and look and learn, wasn't really on there, you know, it wasn't in their full capacity either. So just go for it. And that playing big is the best thing you'll ever do for yourself. It gets you where you're going. I love that. That excites me. And I love that you talk about, you know, that all boats rise in high tide together, you know, and that we are supporting each other as well. Oh, that's so exciting. So I have a question. What are some of the things that you do to stay true to your own power and purpose? 
What are some of your things? I read through the book and it sounds so hokey pokey, but I'll tell you, I've been the challenge this last half of a year. So really since June, July has been a real challenge in so many ways. And, you know, some the old when it rains, it pours. And I have had to literally go back chapter through chapter because, you know, a book is, is intense and it's got a lot of input in it. And um, I really am one that wants to just have a really nice, comfortable life. And I know that it starts in my mind. First of all, what is comfort and what is nice? Um, secondly, am I doing all the things that are obvious for that being of service, being a good mate, you know, am I on point? Because it's like, if you imagine the beautiful ballerina and she hits these moves and those moves are very deliberate, you know, first position, second position, I don't dance. Uh, I don't, you know, practice ballet. So uh, forgive me for my terminology, but I always reference a ballet dancer because it's one of those things that the points are so those moves are so specific that when you add music and you start to go then and add feeling to it, that it becomes this dance with others. And I like that metaphor simply because if you're not on point, if you yourself are not on point, you will never dance that beautiful dance with others. You won't. You can point at others and say, she's not doing it right. <laughs> that one's not moving right and all that. But the truth is, if you're not on point, you're not, you know, a good participant in this. And so, and staying on point, look, you're on point, you're off point, you're on point, you're off point. It's, it's a mellifluous thing. And so knowing that, I really try to stay when I'm uncomfortable, something I've done, something someone else has done, something that you know has happened in the world, I go back to how can I maximize my comfort in this? How can I make this right? How can I fix this? And it doesn't come from pounding my fist and changing others. It comes from looking and seeing if you're on point. That's what I use, again, the manual for, because I have to be reminded just like anybody else. Well, and I think also what you said about, about the book is I love that it's you go back and you don't just read it once. I mean, when wow. when when I was sharing about it, someone and uh, I said, you know, what what do you think? I'm like, man, this is like I got to go back in and I got to go do these exercises. Like I got I have all these pages that are dog-eared here, like a hypnotic um, hack for you know manifesting a goal. Another one that I have here was another one. Um, let me just see here, Ma uh, making dreams come alive, right? So I've got all these dog-eared because I need to go back right? And learn those hacks consistently, right? Yeah. Like just do it once. Am right. I, am that, I right on this or am I off? I'm no, you're hundred percent right. And it's, it's simply to throw in the bottom of your backpack, your office drawer, wherever to keep by your bedside, because the hacks are quick. They're all three minutes or less. Three minutes is even like a lot for one. They're I'm sure less than three minutes, you know, when most people do them. Um, the nice thing is you can do them super, super fast, or you can, you know, extend them out if you want. They're designed that way. But what's beautiful about them is they're fast and they work fast. So it's not like I, I didn't care for the term exercise. So we called them hacks because I don't care for pen and paper. I don't care for anything long drawn out. Let's just get in, get it fixed, get out. I just want people to really enjoy their life. And so it's great for a quick 
fix and to also then just look and say, okay, not feeling good about this. Go to the back. There's a, a little, you know, cue there to show you where what's where. So I'm a big fan of cognitive behavioral therapy and I love the psychotherapists and psychiatrists and all that. However, for this, because it's normal everyday things where you think you're really, you know, off point or maybe you're unhappy and you don't really know why, it's great just to go through because it's like this power wash cleanup and quick, you know, just fast because we don't have time to do a lot. And so I didn't want to take a lot of time, um, you know, in someone's day for what can be so easy and so quick. That was my goal. And what I also love about it, if I can say, is that it's ageless. There's, it's for children. My girlfriend sent uh, her little girl, I don't know if you know Kima and Jonathan Ogden. He was a Baltimore Ravens football player. and She's amazing and so involved in the community. And her little girl is uh, six years old now and she's reading it and she keeps it by the potty and she reads it. <laughs> so she took a picture that's and awesome. her little six-year-old reading it. And I thought that's fantastic because then I also have a picture of my 90-year-old father on the potty reading it. <laughs> I guess I should be doing this in the bathroom. I didn't know that. subconscious power going to be awakened. Is there something about reading it in the bathroom that awakens even more? I don't know. Could be. <laughs> Everybody's busy. That might be the only place you sit for two seconds. It pants out, right? I mean, like, I, you know, just something just to stop. Like, like you said, like, there's so much that's happening around. Sometimes we just need to, like, need a little time out for ourselves. Yeah. I love, love being with you. What's one key takeaway you want the listeners to know about you and your mission and uh, anything that specifically a key takeaway that you want them to know? Well, really that my, my motto is what if it's easy? Because I was not raised that way. I was raised that no guts, no glory, no pain, no gain, you know, all the normal sayings that you hear in, in modern pop culture. And it's just not the truth. And um, I think the biggest thing would be watch your verbiage. Like one thing that we've gotten into and, you know, when people see something that they like on you, like, let me see your beautiful sweatshirt. So I could say that is sick. That is so sick. And so when you say things like that and you put that out, doesn't it resonate just kind of strange with you when I say that? It doesn't, right? So to you, you'd say cancel, cancel, and you would block the energy of that because the truth is it's a beautiful sweatshirt and it, there's nothing sick about it. And so that might sound, um, you know, menial and small and all that, but really everything you say during the day, for example, um, if I said, oh, it hit me that da, 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 you know, X, Y, Z, oh, cancel, cancel, because it didn't hit you, nothing hits you, or I was blindsided, cancel, cancel, or, um, you know, uh, gosh, there's so many. I mean, we say it, and you'll start to hear it. You develop an ear. And so the best takeaway I could give, I think, for people who are listening would be to start to have a fine-tuned ear for what we call neuro-linguistics, which is linguistics is what you speak and neuro what you think. So thinking and speaking, because the universe is here to give you everything you want, and we want it to. So please be careful in what you're asking for, as you say, because it, I mean, there's proof case after case after case where people say things. There was a gentleman that used to say, I avoid it like the plague. I avoid it like the plague. I avoid it like the plague. He's just raised with that, with that saying. And sure enough, he contracted a plague in this day and age. And he identified it back as that. 
my mother used to always say she'd have these headaches and she'd say, oh, my head is splitting, my head is splitting, my head is splitting. Well, at 50, she had a massive brain aneurysm and the brain surgeon came and he said, there's a vein and it split. And he showed us, you know, with fingers, like the idea of it. And I just always thought, wow, you really must be careful of what you're saying. People oftentimes they'll put their, their, um, you know, finger up to their head, like a gun, you know, if they're hearing something that they don't like and they do that sound, you know, and I just, I mean, the things we do starting with cartoons, if I can just say cartoons are so violent and all of this imagery that we see. So just say simply cancel, cancel, because that's telling that precious eight-year-old part of you that's scared when we hear things like that. You know, we are animal and we are pack driven. And so when we're in a theater and we're watching these films that are scaring us, that is impactful. You'll have more lucid dreaming on those nights. You'll have more nightmares on those nights. It's just a fact that the brain has to process what it sees. So just like if I had a little eight-year-old next to me, I would watch what that little eight-year-old was taking in be that diligent with yourself because we're no no older than that eight-year-old span. We really take it sensitively and to be mindful of her and him inside of us is the best gift you can give yourself. Uh, well, I have loved this. I am so excited to get in deeper and get to know you as well. So for people can, where can they find out more about you, get your book? Do they just go to... Your yes, website. My website is KimberlyFriedmutter.com and it's Kimberly spelled traditionally and then Friedmutter is F-R-I-E-D-M-U-T-T-E-R. And then the book is available at retailers nationwide, uh, both brick and mortar and online. And it's in Audible and Kindle and everything and has made a lot of the top lists. CNN listed it as one of Amazon's bestsellers. It made bestseller and new release in Amazon. It also is 25 books that... America's leading CEOs are reading 10 best books that every lawyer should read. Forbes just came out with a thing last week about it's the best book you may not have read. That was great. CNBC Make It series has featured it. So it's doing a nice crossover to business as well, which has been a, a real delight to see. Well, I'm excited to share this. I'm going to get copies for all my ladies in the inner circle group that I have, as well as I'm going to get some to give away to those listeners So make sure that you respond, give us some feedback about today's podcast. And thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Remember to always stay true to who you are. Thank you. Are you looking for the perfect holiday present for any woman you know? Go to laurenlahav.com. That's L-O-R-E-N-L-A-H-A-V.com and check out the IM 2020 Planner. Use code STAYTRUE for your podcast subscriber discount.